0: Amen. All right. We're there in Proverbs chapter number six. And of course, tonight we're starting a brand new Sunday evening series entitled Undisciplined. And tonight we're going to be looking at the subject of laziness. Just by way of introduction, let me uh, define for you what discipline is. Discipline, or sometimes referred to as character, would be what the Bible refers to as self-denial or as self-control, the ability to make yourself do what you're supposed to do even when you don't want to. And uh, living an undisciplined life would be living a life uh, where you do not ever tell yourself no, where you never tell yourself not to do that which you want to do because it's the wrong thing to do. It is when you always take the path of least resistance, when you always do what comes easier. That is what an undisciplined life is, and over the next several weeks, we're going to be looking at this idea of uh, being undisciplined, and really we're looking at the idea of not to be undisciplined, to live a life of discipline. You're there in Proverbs chapter number six. The Bible, all throughout the Bible, especially the book of Proverbs, speaks a lot about this idea of laziness. If you notice verse number six there, the Bible says, go to the ant thou sluggard, Consider her ways, and be wise, which, having no guide, overseer, or ruler, provideth her meat in the summer, and gathereth her food in the harvest. How long wilt thou sleep, O sluggard? When wilt thou arise out of thy sleep? Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth, and thy want as an armed man. So we notice that the Bible uses this idea or speaks of this idea of laziness. It uses the term sluggard. We'll see how it uses the term sloth throughout the book of Proverbs. And I'd like you to keep your place in Proverbs. We're going to be looking at a lot of passages from the book of Proverbs tonight, but go with me, if you would, to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter number four. The first book in the New Testament should be fairly easy to find, Matthew chapter number four. And just by way of introduction, let me explain why this idea of laziness is so important? Not only in your personal life, we'll see that tonight, but in, in the life of our church. You know, why would a sermon, or why would we need a sermon on laziness and on being undisciplined in general? And the reason is uh, because the local church is uh, in need of working class people. In fact, it is working class people uh, who do the work. In the church, when my wife and I started Verity Baptist Church uh, 10 years ago, we were of course a a very young church meeting in our living room, and like most new churches, uh, we were reaching a lot of people, and I'm not talking about people that were already saved and baptized and and, and growing Christians, but as far as a lot of the new people we were reaching, the new converts that were coming into church back in those early days, and, and we still have that to to some extent today, of course, but uh, in those early days, we're reaching a lot of what you would call uh, lower class, uh, as far as economic class, poor uh, uh, people, and of course, we still love poor people, want to reach poor people, but in those days, and and for newer churches in general, uh, it's very common to reach uh, people that are not working, and we're reaching a lot of people that did not have jobs. They were living off the government. They were living off the welfare system and, you know, they were getting saved and baptized and we were trying to help them and, and, and instill some things in them. And back in those days, I used to preach a lot on the subject of laziness and character and integrity and all those things. And, you know, one thing that I used to think to myself back then, which I found out I was very wrong in, is when, when we were reaching a lot of people that were just not working, living off the government, living off the welfare. I'm talking about People in their 30s, people in their 40s just don't work, just chronically just get checks from the government. They didn't have jobs. I used to think to myself, like, well, at least, you know, these people have a lot of time on their hands. So you think that they were just going to be coming out soul winning every day. You know, back in the early days, I was soul winning every single day of the week. You know, and I thought these people are going to go out soul winning with me. They're going to go soul winning with my wife. They're going to volunteer a lot in church because at least they have a lot of time. So they're going to probably, you know, because these people that were getting saved, baptized, were discipling them. They were growing in the Lord. And I thought, uh, you know, it's not good that they're not working and we want to try to help them with that. But at the very least, they're going to get involved in the things of God and put a lot of work uh, into Uh, the church. And what I found out very quickly was that I was completely wrong. It turns out people who don't work don't work for anyone, including God. They don't work at all. They don't do anything. And uh, what I found out as the church began to grow, I used to, I don't do as much anymore, I used to feel guilty because then we started having people come to our church that had jobs, that had careers, that ran businesses. And I was watching men who would go to work Monday through Friday, 10 hours a day, eight hours a day, 10 hours a day. Moms that were busy homeschooling their children and busy about the, uh, the, the business of their lives. And then they would show up for, to soul winning on Saturday. They show up for uh, cleaning. They show up for volunteering. And I used to feel a little guilty about that. And, and I'm obviously very appreciative of it. But uh, I, I started realizing something. It is the working class people... Who also work for the Lord. Uh, and a church cannot be filled with lazy people because lazy people are gonna be lazy no matter how much time they have. And, and then, as that kind of idea began to cement in my mind, I realized that when God chose workers, He chose people who were already working. Notice there in Matthew chapter 4. Notice Jesus, if you remember the, the ministry of Jesus, Jesus went around doing what? Healing the sick helping the poor, loving those who could not do anything for him, could not help him. But I want you to notice, when Jesus went about preaching the gospel and, 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 and doing things for others, he looked for poor people. But when he went around looking for volunteers, looking for workers to help him fulfill his ministry, you know what Jesus did? Jesus chose people who were already working. Matthew chapter 4, look at verse 18. Notice what the Bible says. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. Notice, two of the most well-known disciples of the twelve disciples, Peter and Andrew, Jesus found them when they were at work. They were working. They were casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he saith unto them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. It doesn't end there. Look at verse 20. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. And going on from thence, he, Jesus, saw other two brethren, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother. Here we have again two more very well-known disciples, James and John, his brother, in a ship with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. Notice, these guys were getting off of work. And Jesus found them at their job, and he said, You. You come work for me. Why did God choose? Why did Jesus choose James and John? Why did he choose Peter and Andrew? He chose workers who were already working. Notice verse 22. And they immediately left their ship and their father and followed him. And by the way, it's not just the fishermen. Go to Matthew chapter 9. Look at verse 9. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 9. And as Jesus passed forth from thence, He saw a man named Matthew sitting at the receipt of customs, and he said unto him, follow me, and he arose and followed him. You'll notice that Jesus had this habit of calling people to help him who were at work. In fact, it seems like he only called people while they were working. Why? Because it is the working class that will work for Jesus, It is the worker, and by the way, and I could spend a whole night on this. I'm not going to. You can go back to the book of Proverbs, but you could uh, 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 find this throughout the Bible. You find Luke, who wrote the gospel according to Luke in the book of Acts, and he was a physician. You find Paul, who was a theologian, but yet, while out on the mission field, the Bible tells us that he worked as a tent maker. There's something about the fact that Jesus chose and God chose the working class, the working man, the working woman to help him in the ministry. Why? Because lazy people will not help you get anything done. When Jesus uh, was born on this earth and God had to choose a man on this earth to be the father that would raise his son, the son of God, he chose a man by the name of Joseph who was a carpenter. And you'll find consistently throughout the Bible that God chooses the working class. So why a sermon on laziness? Here's why. Because if our church is going to finish, accomplish the work that God has called us to do, we must attract working people. I'm all for the poor, I'm all for the downtrodden, I'm all for those who need help, I'm all for loving them, helping them, discipling them, helping them grow, but when it comes to accomplishing the work that God has called us to do, we have to find working people, and you know what we should do is help raise a generation of workers. So this is why we need sermons on laziness. This is why we need sermons on these issues. And tonight, I'd like to give you 10 characteristics. The Bible, specifically in the book of Proverbs, gives us 10 characteristics of a lazy person. And we're going to go through them tonight. We'll go through them as quickly as we can. I'll give them to you in, in, in order. And I would encourage you to jot these down on the back of your course of the week. There's a place for you to take some notes if you don't have a baby sitting on your lap or something like that. And, you know, I'd like you to use these 10 characteristics as a checklist. Because here's what I've learned about laziness. Most people don't think they're lazy. And most lazy people don't think they're lazy. By the way, most fill in the blank people don't think they're fill in the blank. Most crazy people don't think they're crazy. That's why you try to help a crazy person and you're like, you're crazy. And they're like, no, I'm normal. It's like, no, you're not normal. You're crazy. Crazy people don't know they're crazy. Lazy people don't know they're lazy. Uh, Rude people don't know they're rude. Proud people don't know they're proud. It's hard to see your issues in a mirror. But the Bible tells us that there are 10 characteristics of a lazy person. And you got to ask yourself tonight, don't, don't just roll your eyes at me and say, well, this sermon isn't for me, I'm not lazy. Just because I roll out of bed at 11 a.m. every morning, that doesn't make me lazy. Uh, you know, you got to look at the, the checklist from the Word of God tonight and ask yourself, am I lazy? Or maybe you should ask yourself, am I lazy in, these, in any one of these given areas? For those of you that are parents, you got to look at this checklist and ask yourself, are your kids lazy? Are there some areas where maybe your kids are struggling with laziness? Maybe you're an employer or a supervisor or a business owner tonight, and you can ask yourself, are my employees lazy? Have I hired lazy people? Or what are the type of people that I want to uh, uh, hire? We, we should all consider uh, whether we're being lazy or not, because here's the truth, We like to say, this person's lazy, this person's not lazy, but the truth of the matter is this. There are some people that are chronically lazy, and that's a problem, but we all could have the tendency to be lazy from time to time. So we should all be mindful of these things. I want to give you ten characteristics. Biblically, what does it mean biblically to be a lazy person? Ten thoughts, we'll go through them as quickly as we can, and maybe you can write these down. Number one, a lazy person has to be supervised. A lazy person, according to the Bible, is someone that has to be supervised. Notice there, Proverbs chapter 6, where we started tonight, in verse number 6. Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 6. The Bible says this, Go to the ant, thou sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Here God is looking at a lazy person. He calls him a sluggard. A slug is uh, an insect, an animal that does not... Move very quickly, and he's using this as a term uh, to refer to a lazy person. He says, You ought to consider the ant. Go to the ant, thou sluggard. He says, uh, Consider her ways and be wise. Now, what should we consider from the ant? Here's what we should consider. Verse 7 Which having no guide, overseer, or ruler, provideth her meat in the summer and gathereth her food in the harvest. You say, what does it mean to be lazy? Or if you're asking the question, am I lazy? Are my children lazy? Are my employees lazy? You ought to consider this. Can they work without supervision? Can you work without supervision? Keep your place there in Proverbs. We're going to come back to it. Go to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter number 6. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1st, 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians. Ephesians chapter number 6. See, the ant, we're told, is not a sluggard. It's not lazy. And the first characteristic we're giving is that with no guide, no overseer, no ruler, no manager, no supervisor just watching them and looking over them. They are able to accomplish their work. See, a lazy person has to be supervised. A lazy person cannot work on their own. They are unable to do what they need to do on their own. By the way, We'll see it later on in the sermon, but this is why lazy people cannot be business owners. This is why lazy people cannot be supervisors. This is why lazy people cannot be bosses. This is why lazy people cannot be put in charge. Because a business owner has to be able to get out of bed and go to work without somebody uh, standing over them making sure they clock in. You know, someone who's going to run the business has to be able to, uh, do the work without a guide, overseer, or a ruler. And if you have, if you, if you don't, uh, work in that capacity and you have a guide and overseer or the ruler, that doesn't make you a lazy person. But the idea is this, if you need to be watched, then you're lazy. Children are uh, by nature lazy, and one thing about children is that oftentimes they need dad there or mom there to be watching over to make sure they're cleaning their room and they're doing what they're supposed to be doing and they're doing what's uh, being asked of them, and it's our job as parents to train them to be able to work without supervision. As Christians, we should work hard whether we are being physically supervised or not. You say, well, why is that? Ephesians chapter 6, look at verse 6. Ephesians 6, 6. Notice what the Bible says, not with eye service. Now, he's talking to servants here, workers. And he says, don't serve with eye service. You say, what does that mean? That means that you only work because you're being watched. Not with eye service. Notice, as men pleasers. Don't work in such a way where you're only interested in pleasing the boss when he's there, when he's watching, when he's paying attention. Not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will doing service. Don't miss it. Here's the key. As to the Lord and not to men. You say, why should I go to work and, and work hard even if the boss is gone, even if the business owner is gone, even if the uh, employer is gone? He's not even there. He's not even supervising us. Why should I just work hard anyway and, 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 and just do what I'm supposed to do even if I'm not being watched? Because as a Christian, you're supposed to be working for the Lord. And it doesn't matter what job you have, it doesn't matter where you work, whether it's secular work or or whatever it may be, everything we do should be done as to the Lord and not to men. So therefore, a Christian should never have to be supervised. Because you say, well, I'm doing it for the Lord and the Lord is always watching. Then see, the, the world, this is how workers in the world work. They, they sit there and mess around and do nothing and accomplish nothing and get nothing done. And as soon as the, the boss walks through the door, then it's like, oh, get to work. Like you're working. You know, as a Christian, you ought to have some integrity and not be lazy. You say, I didn't know that was laziness. Well, according to the Bible, if you have to be supervised, you're lazy. Go to the aunt, thou sluggard, consider her ways and be wise. Which having no guide, overseer, or ruler, provided for meat in the summer and gathered their food in the harvest. Hey, you kids, listen up. Your mom and dad ought to be able to say, clean your room, and, and they're downstairs uh, working or doing whatever they need to be doing, and, and you're in your room cleaning your room, and they, they should not have to uh, stand over you to make, you know, with a belt in their hand or a paddle in their hand, making sure you're doing what you're supposed to do. Now, maybe when you're four and five, but definitely not when you're 15 and 17. You ought to be a hard worker. He said, What does it mean to be a good worker? It means you're not a, a lazy person, has to be supervised. But a good worker says, Hey, I work hard whether the boss is working or not, uh, is watching or not. I don't work for eye service. I don't work as men pleasers. I work to, to please the Lord, as to the Lord and not to men. So, number one, a lazy person has to be supervised. So, ask yourself this question Do you have to be supervised? Does somebody have to be watching you all the time in order to get you to do what you're supposed to do? Or can you just get to work because that's what you do, because you work? Number two, go go back to Proverbs chapter 6. Look at verse 8. There's a second thing here. Notice what it says. Go to the ant thou sluggard, consider her ways, and be wise, which having no guide, overseer, or ruler, notice verse 8, provideth her meat in the summer, and gathereth her food in the harvest. I said, number one, a lazy person has to be supervised. Number two, a lazy person does not prepare for the future. Here we're told that the ant, that the ant is a hardworking animal. It's not a sluggard and. One of the things that makes it not lazy is the fact that with no guide, overseer, or ruler, provided her meat in the summer and gathered her food in the harvest. But the other thing we can take away from this passage is that it provided her meat in the summer and gathered her food in the harvest. See, in the summertime, the ant prepares so that it will be ready to survive during the harvest and it can reap a harvest. See, it it sows in the summer. It reaps in the harvest. It works in the summer, and it reaps in the harvest. Why? So that it can survive through the winter. See, the ant is smart enough to realize that during the summertime, it can not only feed itself, but it can also put away for when the harvest is done, for when the weather gets cold, so that when, uh, when, when the food is no longer available, it can put in store for the pu- future. See, a lazy person does not prepare for the future. You say, well, what does preparing for the future have to do with being lazy? Well, it's the same idea that they lack discipline. When you're lazy, you lack discipline. You take the path of least resistance. You don't do what you need to do. You do what you want to do. See, a lazy person lacks the discipline to do now what needs to be done in the future. So you say, how can I tell if I'm lazy? Well, a lazy person does not prepare for the future. A lazy person gets to work. A lazy person doesn't have to be supervised, but a lazy person has the discipline to do today, has the discipline to do today what needs to be done to prepare for the future. When my wife and I were young, we got married when we were 18 years old, and I'm just telling you that as a fact. I'm not saying that as a recommendation. I don't recommend it. It worked out for us, but you're not marrying my wife. If you were marrying my wife, it might work out for you too, but you're not that lucky, so wait till you're 20. When my wife and I were young, we were broke. And, uh, you know, in our 20s, we budgeted. In our 20s, we saved. When we were in our 20s, I remember, it, it, it's embarrassing now to, to think about it, but I remember us budgeting and scraping away uh, a few dollars here and there uh, to save up for our first $200 dinner table. We ate on the floor for the first year and a half of our marriage while we scraped up money to buy a dinner table. Then we saved up money to buy our first couch. We saved up money to uh, buy our first computer. I remember uh, we spent $300 on a computer and we saved for a long time and and thought about it and and prayed about it. and, 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 And I'm not complaining to you. It was good for us. It was a good bonding time for us to, to work together, and, 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 you know, we spent our 20s serving the Lord. We, we spent our 20 on, on bus routes, and our church had bus routes in uh, the church we went to, and, and we worked hard at those things, and we served in our church, and we did those things. When my wife and I got married, you know, uh, we didn't go to Hawaii for our honeymoon. We went to Clear Lake, and let me tell you something about Clear Lake. It's not that clear, <laughs> and... And and I'm thankful we went to Clear Lake. It was gifted to us by our our family, and and we, we went there. But, you know, when we got married, we watched all the other couples around us getting married. And you know where they were all going for their honeymoons? To Hawaii. On credit cards. And payday loans. And all sorts of debt. You know, the funny thing is that my wife and I get to go to Hawaii now. 17 years later. And and I'm not telling you we're we're rich or we're whatever. I'm just telling you this: we're debt-free, and we get to enjoy some things now that we're older. See, uh, when you work hard and you prepare and you provide your meat in the summer, then you can gather in the harvest. And a a, a lot of young people that went off to Hawaii and went off to Vegas and went off partying and putting it, racking up credit cards. You know, what what you reap, what you sow. They're paying for that now. And, and, and I'm not mad at you if that's the place you're in. I'm just telling you that uh, we must realize that we have to develop some discipline. And sometimes we have to say no today so we can say yes tomorrow. Amen. We have to uh, deny ourselves in some areas. We have to not allow some things. We have to suffer a little bit. You say, Pastor, what were you doing when you were 25 years old? You know what wife and I were doing when we were 25 years old? Starting Verity Baptist Church. And, and, and I'm not saying this in an arrogant way, and I don't mean this in an arrogant way, and I hope you understand, but you get to reap today the work we put in 10 years ago. Amen. Our church now, and I'm thankful for it, uh, uh, supports a full-time missionary that has started two churches in the Philippines and started five churches that did not exist a, uh, uh, before we started this church. We've got several full-time, part-time staff families that are supported through this ministry and the generous giving of our church and people online. But let me tell you something. All of that happened because a 25-year-old and his 25-year-old wife decided, we're going to prepare now so that God might bless later. See, a lazy person can work hard and not be supervised. And a lazy person does not prepare for the future. But a hardworking person says, I'm going to deny myself today so that I can reap the benefits later got to work hard. Go to Proverbs uh, 6, look at verse 9. Let me give you a third one. I said number one, a lazy person has to be supervised. Number two, a lazy person does not prepare for the future. Here's number three, a lazy person, and this one should be kind of obvious, but a lazy person sleeps a lot. You know how lazy people are addicted to sleep? Proverbs 6, look at verse 9. How long wilt thou sleep, O sluggard? When wilt thou arise out of thy sleep? Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth and thy want as an armed man. You know, lazy people are addicted to sleep. Proverbs 20. Look at verse 13. If you would, you're there in Proverbs 6. Flip over to Proverbs 20. Now, let me say this. Oversleeping, and I'm talking about when you normally don't can be an indication of some things. Sometimes, look, sometimes you need to get some rest. And, and, and we understand that. Oversleeping, if, if you're not someone who's just constantly sleeping away the days and you find yourself uh, uh, having a season in life where you're oversleeping and you normally don't, uh, that can indicate some things. First of all, it can indicate a physical problem. You may be sick or have some sort of a physical ailment, and maybe your body needs to get some rest, Uh, or or you need to get get something checked out. You know, we understand that. Sometimes oversleeping can indicate an emotional problem. When people are depressed or discouraged, they tend to sleep a lot. And if you find yourself sleeping a lot, it may be an indication of an emotional problem. Sometimes it's exhaustion, just not getting enough sleep. Sometimes people go through uh, seasons, and even here in the ministry, we'll have uh, seasons of, uh, 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 during the ministry when things are just hectic, and there's a, a lot going on, and there's a, a lot to be done, and we're just getting up early, and staying up late, and and just not getting a lot of sleep, you know, night overnight, overnight, and sometimes you just have to sleep, you just have to, you know, turn the phone off, and just allow yourself to, to sleep for a while, so I, I'm not, uh, I, I'm not uh, advocating that you, you not get sleep. And by the way, I would say this, I I also advocate that people get enough sleep. Now there are some people, uh, and they're lucky or blessed or whatever, and they can live off of four or six hours of sleep, and God bless them, but the average person needs seven to eight hours of sleep. And I'm not for burning the candle at both ends, and 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 those types of things. You know, you got to get some rest. You got to take care of your body. That's I'm, when I talk about sleep. That's not what I'm referring to. Uh, but but I will say this: there are some people who are just chronic sleeping in, sleeping late, sleeping long periods of time, and uh, and it's not they're sick or not feeling well, it's not that they've had a busy uh, season and, and they need to uh, uh, just rest, it's not that they're discouraged and and, and, and just, uh, and by the way, I, I don't think that's something you should stay in either, you should try to uh, uh, fix that and get some help with that, uh, but it, it's, it's not any of those things, it's that they just chronically sleep a lot. Well, when you chronically sleep a lot, that's an indication of something too, laziness. Proverbs 20 and verse 13, notice what God says. He says, love not sleep. Sleep is not something you should be in love with. Love not sleep. You need it. You should get it. You should get enough of it. If you, if you feel like you need more than, than normal, then it might be indicating something. But just chronically in life, you shouldn't be the person who just sleeps in every day, takes naps every day, goes to bed early every night, and just, why why do you sleep so much? You you say, I'm tired. You didn't do anything. God says, "Love not sleep. Lest thou come to poverty, open thine eyes, and thou shalt be satisfied with bread. uh, bread." Chronic sleeping in, chronic uh, sleeping through the day. Uh, is an indication of laziness. Proverbs 19, look at verse 15. Here's the interesting thing about people that sleep a lot, is that laziness begets more laziness. Sleeping begets more sleeping. Look, if you allow yourself to get into this habit of sleeping in, sleeping in, sleeping in, you'll, you'll say, I'll just sleep in a little bit and I'll feel fine. But you'll start sleeping in every day and it'll just become a thing. Till you decide, I need to stop this. It, laziness begets more laziness. Proverbs 19. Look at verse 15. Proverbs 19:15. Slothfulness casteth into a deep sleep. Isn't that interesting? Now, you would think hard work casts into a deep sleep. And the Bible says that a hardworking person, that they have good sleep and, and they get a good night's rest. But the Bible here tells us that slothfulness, laziness, casts into a deep sleep and an idle soul shall f- suffer a hunger. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says the more you sleep, the more you want to sleep. You say, why is that? Because it's the path of least resistance. It's what comes easy to your body. Say, well, how do I deal with it? How do I take care of it? You have to force yourself to get up. You need to set an alarm. You need to set two alarms. You need to set three alarms. You need to set an alarm next to your bed. You need to set an alarm that you have to walk up, you get out of bed and into the restroom to shut it off. (laughs) You you need to write angry things on your mirror and say, get up, lazy bum, whatever you got to do. I read about a guy who was trying to break the habit of laziness and he was some sort of a computer programmer type guy and he developed this software where, uh, and this was a guy that, that wrote and had, you know, Instagram followers and all sorts of things and he developed some software where every day at a certain time, every morning, um, if he did not get up and manually put in a password um, to turn this program off, it would automatically every morning at a certain time send a message to all his followers on Instagram, Facebook, everywhere saying, If you are reading this, it's because I was too lazy to get up and turn off the program and I slept in or something like that, some embarrassing thing. And it took, and it got him out of bed. And the, the point is this that laziness begets more laziness. The more you sleep, the more you want to sleep. Slothfulness casteth into a deep sleep, the Bible says. But here's the interesting thing. That though more, the more you sleep, the more you want to sleep. The interesting thing is this, that the more you sleep in the morning, throughout the day, the less you're able to sleep when you're supposed to sleep at night. Go to Proverbs 26, look at verse 14. Proverbs 26, verse 14. Proverbs twenty six fourteen says this: As the door turneth upon his hinges, get the visual here. A door on hinges turning. As the door turneth upon his hinges, so doth the slothful upon his bed. Now look, I understand that there are some physical reasons why people may have, you know, uh, uh, the inability to go to sleep at night. And I'm not saying that everybody that can't sleep at night, this is the problem. But the Bible tells us here very clearly that there are some people, they just turn all night long. They can't go to sleep. and, and, And the reason is they weren't active enough throughout the day. They just haven't been active enough. The Bible says that as the door turneth upon the hinges, so doth the slothful upon his bed. If you say, I just have trouble sleeping at night. Maybe you didn't do enough during the day. I can't sleep at night. Get on the elliptical. (laughs) Get on the treadmill. Work up a sweat. Get yourself tired. Slothfulness casteth into a deep sleep. The more you sleep, the more you want to sleep. But the problem with that is that the more you sleep, The more you can't sleep when you're supposed to sleep. So then you stay up all night on Facebook and YouTube and messing around doing stupid things and then you're sleeping in the morning. And you're lazy. You're undisciplined. Laziness begets more laziness. Go to Proverbs chapter number 10. Proverbs chapter number 10. I said number one, a lazy person has to be supervised. Number two, a lazy person does not prepare for the future. Number three, a lazy person sleeps a lot. Number four, a lazy person cannot be counted on. Proverbs 10, look at verse 26. As a vineyard, uh, excuse me, as as vinegar to the teeth. Now the idea here is that vinegar can be irritating. He says, as vinegar to the teeth and as smoke to the eyes. Again, the idea is that when somebody's blowing smoke in your eyes, or if you're standing in front of a campfire and the the, the smoke is blowing into your eyes, it's very irritating to you. As vinegar to the teeth and as smoke to the eyes, so is the sluggard to them that send him. So what's the idea? Here's the idea. When a boss, when a parent, when an employer gives a task... To a lazy person, it becomes as irritating as smoke is irritating when it blows into your eyes. As, vine- as they- v- drinking vinegar to your teeth. So is the slugger to them that send him. See, a, uh, a lazy person cannot be counted on. They- you can't count on them. You, send- you give them a task. You give them a responsibility. You give them something to do. And, and you can't count on them to do it. So is the slugger to them that sent him. I, I, I have learned quickly over the last 10 years of ministry to be able to identify people, and I'm thankful for it. There are some people that you just, you, you know, they volunteer to do something, you give them a task to do, you give them something to do, and, and you know it's going to get done. I mean, you can just give it to them and forget about it. You know they're taking care of it. They've got it taken care of. No issues, no problems. If it's not done, they're in an emergency room somewhere or they're dead. Because they're just someone you can count on. And then sometimes you've got well-meaning, lazy people. Pastor, I'll I'll do that. And you're kind of like, oh, okay. Because you know there's a 50-50 chance it's not going to get done. Cuz you know there's a high probability they're not going to show up, they're not going to do it, it's not going to be done, no one's going to take care of it. Look, that's laziness. We should be the type of person that when you're going to do something, when you give your word, when you say I'll be there, when you say I'll take care of it, when you say I'm going to do it, you can it, it can it's as good as done. First Corinthians 4 and verse 2 says, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. And look, I understand. From time to time, we drop the ball. Everyone does. Something happens. You're stuck in traffic. You're, you're, you're you know, you're, you got a flat tire, whatever. We all fail from time to time. But when you're the type of person that like 50% of the time you do what you say you're going to do, you're lazy. That's laziness. It's a lack of discipline. It's a you, your problem, and look, I'm not mad at you. I'm trying to help you. Your problem in this life is that you constantly take the path of least resistance. You do what comes easy, but the great things in life are not easy. Like we talked about this morning, raising godly children is not easy. Having a good marriage is not easy. Having a great career and and, and starting a a good business, these things are not easy. A lazy person cannot be counted on. We as stewards of God must be found faithful, the Bible says. We, 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 the word faithful means we can be counted on. You, you ought to develop, the Bible says a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. Look, you ought to develop a, 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 a reputation in your life. I mean, and I'm not going to name names. Obviously, I'm not going to name names, but we've got men and women in this church that I know when they say, Pastor, I'm going to take care of this. I mean, I can literally just forget about it and know it's going to get done. And half the time, it gets done way better than I would have done. Look, at work, guys, that's who you want to be. You want your boss to be like, I can give it to him and forget it. It's done. Not I got to follow up, I got to look at it, I got to ask, I got to do this, I got to do that. And obviously, um, in work, we always, you always have follow up and accountability, and we get all those things. Uh, but you need to be someone who can be counted on, who can get it done. Because to the guy that sends you, it's irritating. Look, you kids, don't, don't you know, your dad says take the trash out. 30 minutes later, the trash is still there. You're like, what happened? Oh, I, I started to do this, and then the dog wagged the tail, and I got... I got distracted. You don't want to be that guy. Don't be that guy. We train we train our kids, and I, I love my kids, and I and am I'm, I'm, I'm trying. I'm not trying to discourage them, but sometimes I I follow up with them. I'm like, "What happened?" And like, "Oh, this happened. This happened." And I tell them, is that, "Is that the worker you want to be? Is that, that the type of employee you want to be?" Always got an excuse for why you couldn't get it done, why it couldn't be done, why why it didn't happen. As vinegar to the teeth and a smoke to the eyes, so is the sluggard to them that sent him. A lazy person cannot be counted on. Number five, go, go to Proverbs chapter 12. Proverbs chapter 12. See, maybe your definition of laziness is different than the biblical definition of laziness. According to the, per, the Bible, a lazy person has to be supervised. A lazy person does not prepare for the future. A lazy person sleeps a lot. A lazy person cannot be counted on. Number five, a lazy person is wasteful. Proverbs 12, look at verse 27. Proverbs 12, 27. The slothful man roasted not that which he took in hunting, but the substance of a diligent man. The word diligent is a, it means hard worker. It's a biblical word for uh, diligent man is, is, is a hard worker in the Bible. Notice, the slothful man, that's the lazy man, roasted not that which he took in hunting. Now, what is that if not waste? You go hunting, you kill an animal, but then you're so tired you don't actually cook it and eat it. It just goes to waste. The Bible says that the slothful man roasted not that which he took in hunting, but the substance of a diligent man is precious. Go to Proverbs 18, look at verse 9. See, the substance of a diligent man, a hardworking man, they, they value things, it's precious to them. Proverbs 18, verse 9, He also that is slothful in his work, don't miss this, is brother to him that is a great waster. What is he saying? He's saying, being slothful and being a great waster, they're, they're brothers. These things go hand in hand. Lazy people are wasteful people. You say, why is that? Here's why. A lazy person does not value things because they didn't work for it. The substance of a diligent man is precious. That's why kids don't care. All the lights are on. The air conditioner is on. The door to the garage is open. The front door is open. The back door is open. Nobody cares. You know who cares? Dad cares. I'm air conditioning the whole stinking neighborhood. Shut the door. You know why? Because I pay the bills. The substance of a diligent man is precious to him. Because when you work hard for money, you don't want to see it wasted. You know why lazy people are wasteful? Because they don't value the worth of things. They didn't work for anything. A lazy person does not value things. They do not value what they work for because they didn't work for it. Go to John chapter 6. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John chapter 6. Let me give you a gospel example of this. John chapter 6. But let me, let me just say this while you turn there. Mom and dad, this is why you don't want to develop a welfare mentality in your home. Where you just give things to your children and give them all these things. Give, give, and give, and give, and give. You say, why? Because it, when they don't have to work for anything, they, they never learn to value anything. Everything is always given to them. You know, I tell these stories about my wife and I having to save up money for this, save up money for that, save do this, and do that. You don't think we had parents that could have bought us those things? You say, why didn't your mom and dad buy you those things? Because they, they, they looked me in the eye when I got married at 18 years old, and they said, oh, you want to get married when you're 18? All right, well, we're cutting off the umbilical cord, buddy. Go provide for that wife. I'm glad they did. Amen. I'm glad they didn't bail me out. I'm glad they, uh, uh, my parents and, and my wife's parents let us struggle a little bit and work hard for some things and develop some character. Why? Because you learn to value something. Amen. A lazy person is wasteful because they don't value what they didn't work for. John chapter 6 and verse 24, the Bible says this, when the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, John 6, 24, neither his disciples, they also took shipping and came to Capernaum seeking for Jesus. And when they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, when camest thou hither? And Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Ye seek me not because ye saw the miracles, but because ye did eat of the loaves and were filled. Now I want you to get the context here. In earlier in the chapter, Jesus had fed the 5,000. He gave a free meal to the 5,000. In John six twenty two, the Bible tells us that we're now in the day following. So this is the day after Jesus fed the five thousand, and that night he crossed the 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 lake there, and, and and he got out of town. They woke up the next day and they realized Jesus wasn't there, and they went and followed him. And when they got there, they asked him, "Where did you go? Why did you leave?" And Jesus responds, verse twenty six: Verily, verily, I say unto you, ye seek me not because ye saw the miracles, but because ye did eat of the loaves and were filled. Now, notice verse uh, 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 here. Jesus is referring to the fact that they're looking for a free meal. He fed them yesterday, and now they want him to feed them again. He get, he fed the five thousand with, with the loaves and the fishes, performed the miracle. And now, they're looking for another handout. Now, here's the interesting thing, that Jesus identifies the fact, he says, because ye did eat of the loaves and were filled. He said, that's the only reason you're here. That's the only reason you're following me. You want a free handout. I gave you a free meal yesterday, now you want a free meal today. Here's the interesting thing about the passage, is that later on in John chapter 6, Jesus preaches this hard sermon. Look at verse 60. Many, therefore, of his disciples, when they heard this said, this is a hard saying, who can hear it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said unto them, "Doth this offend you? Now, now here's the interesting thing. Look at verse 66. John 6, 6, 6. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Here's what's interesting. The people who didn't work for anything and who were just looking for a handout, they also just walked away from Jesus. No problem. Once he didn't feed them and he preached something they didn't like, they went back and walked no more with him. You know, these people did not value the ministry of Jesus because they weren't working in his ministry. They were just there for a handout. And look, at our church, we believe that we should not make the house of God a house of merchandise and we believe that everything we do around here should be free and we shouldn't uh, charge for anything and, and we don't charge for any of those things. But let me just say this. Sometimes there's a tendency when you give stuff away for people to not value it, to take advantage of it, to develop this welfare mentality, this spiritual welfare mentality and to not appreciate it. Look, we need to be careful about not appreciating the things that you have. And, and people equate this. They think, oh, well, you don't sell anything at church, so therefore you should give me stuff for free. No, understand this. Selling and giving you things are two different things. We can say we don't sell anything at Verity Baptist Church and never give you anything. Do you understand that? Now, we give a lot of stuff away. We just gave a bunch of T-shirts away. We give lots of stuff away. We give everything away. We don't we don't care. But don't develop this welfare mentality. See, people come to church like this and they're like, oh, this is a nice t-shirt, and it says saying thank you. Can I get five more? So I can give them away for Christmas? So I can give them away to all the church members that quit the church that I'm so friends with? It's like No. This is for our church people. Amen. And look. And I'm not mad at you, I'm just telling you, sometimes when you don't pay for something, you don't value it. Now that doesn't mean that we're going to start charging for things, I'm just saying, you got to be mindful and and appreciate the things that people give you. Look, and I understand it, I I, I get it, people get flat tires, things don't work out, and, 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 and all those things. But you know, we have events here. We put on these events, married couple, sweetheart banquets, and all sorts of things that we put all this money into. And people just, you know, twenty people just decide not to show up. We pay all this money to, to you know, they say they're going to come. We pay all this money to to buy them food. And but you know, but if we were like the old IP church and charge them twenty bucks to come to the event, they would show up. I'm I'm not mad at you. I, I'm just telling you, maybe you ought to appreciate it when somebody gives you something. Because it's a lazy attitude. And I, look, And if you say, oh, I missed the last event and I was sick, I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people who take things, who don't appreciate it, who just don't care. That's laziness. A lazy person is wasteful. A lazy person wastes things. A lazy person does not appreciate what's been given to them. Number six, go to Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 15. Proverbs chapter 15. Here's another characteristic of a lazy person. A lazy person always has an excuse. You know what lazy people always have? They don't have much, but they always have a reason why they can't do something, why they can't accomplish something. Proverbs 15 verse 19. Notice what the Bible says. The way of the slothful man is in hedge of thorns. Now, how can this be? This verse doesn't even make sense. How can the way of a sloth... Like, do slothful people walk in a hedge of thorns? No, the idea is this, that anywhere a slothful person goes, there's a hedge of thorns. You know, diligent people... They, they go down a road, they walk down a road, and they realize there's going to be obstacles in those roads. You're going to have to overcome those obstacles. You're going to have to work through that and get through it. But a, the slothful person, they're just like, oh, I, can't, I can't do that, there's a hedge of thorns. The way of the slothful man is in hedge of thorns, but the way of the righteous is made plain. Look at Proverbs 20, look at verse 4. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 4. Why will a slothful person not go down... Uh, and do what they're supposed to do because there's a hedge of thorns. I mean, there's a hedge of thorns there. What could I do? Uh, gone around it, gone over it, gone through it, cut the thing down, do something? I couldn't do it. There's a hedge of thorn. Proverbs 20, look at verse 4. The sluggard will not plow by reason of the cold. I want to plow, but it was too cold. Therefore, shall he beg and harvest and have nothing. Proverbs 22, look at verse 13. The slothful man saith, there is a lion without, I shall be slain in the streets. And I think here, the book of Proverbs is being a little sarcastic. Why don't you go to work? Well, there's a lion out there. A lion out there on the street? Well, somewhere out there there's a lion. Proverbs twenty-six thirteen. The slothful man saith, there is a lion in the way. A lion is in the street. And look, the idea is this, that a lazy person always has an excuse. They always have a reason why they can't, why they can't do something, why they can't accomplish something, why they can't get it done. Look, lazy people don't know they're lazy. So they, they think, no, no, it's not, I'm not lazy. It's just the lion was in my way. No, no, I'm not lazy. It's just the hedge was there. No, I'm not lazy. It's just a little cold today. No call cold to go soul winning on Saturday. Come on. The lion was out there. There's always a reason. Look, look, do you know that there's always a reason? There's always a valid reason for you to not do whatever you're supposed to do. Right. Right. You know that Pastor Jimenez, the pastor of the stinking church, always, if I needed to, could come up with a valid reason why I couldn't show up to church on Sunday night? I mean, every week. I could, sorry guys, I didn't make it. I know you guys all showed up for church on Sunday night. I didn't make it because, you know, here's the thing. There was this lion, and, and then it was really hot, and then there was a hedge of thorns, and then, you know, but, you know, after a while, you just start to realize, I think the guy's just lazy, and you'd be right. Lazy people always have a reason why they can't do something. Go to Genesis 49. Keep your place in Proverbs. We're coming back to it. Genesis 49. You say, what do diligent people do? Diligent people use resourcefulness and initiative. They, they look at obstacles and they don't see obstacles as obstacles. They see obstacles as opportunities. Amen. Here is an opportunity for me to think a little, to be resourceful, to take some initiative and to try to get something done. In the Marines, they use this term, improvise, adapt, and overcome. You're not allowed to just say, well, there was an obstacle. You may have to improvise a little. You may have to adapt a little. You may have to overcome the thing. In Genesis 49 and verse 22, if you study the life of Joseph, and I'm not, we're not going to do it tonight, of, of course, but if you study the life of Joseph, you'll find that Joseph was a very hardworking man. Everywhere he went, he worked hard. He got things done. Everywhere he went, he got promoted. In Genesis 49 and verse 22, uh, Jacob, Joseph's father, says this on his, on his deathbed about his son. He says, Joseph is a fruitful bow, even a fruitful bow by a well, notice, whose branches run over the wall. Jacob said, you know, something I noticed about Joseph is no matter how many walls you put in front of him, he'll, his branches will run over the walls. He's saying, Joseph found a way to overcome. His brothers sold him into slavery, he found a way to overcome that. They lied about him while he was in slavery, threw him into prison. He found a way to overcome that. They, they, they had a famine uh, in Egypt, and he was in charge of taking care of uh, the He found a way to overcome that. Look, we can only find solutions to our problems when we believe that there are solutions to our problems. Do you understand that? It is, it is taking the path of least resistance. It is taking the easy way out. Kids, when your parents say do something and you can't, it's the easy way, the, the, the easy thing to do is say, I can't do it. I couldn't find it. I, I tried and it didn't work. Look, you don't want to be that guy at work. Boss is constantly saying, do this. I couldn't do it. Hedge of thorns. Do this. Oh, there was a line. Do this. It was really cold. Joseph found a way to get things done. He improvised. He adapted. He overcame. He used resourcefulness. He took some initiative, and he got it done. But you know what? Lazy people always have excuses. Maybe you're here. You say, I didn't know I was lazy, but I, I do have a lot of excuses. Well, maybe you are lazy. Maybe you don't understand how the Bible defines laziness. Number seven. Go back to Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 13. We're going to go back to Genesis just so you know. You want to keep your finger there. Number seven. A lazy person does not have ambition. Proverbs 13 and verse 4. The soul of the slugger desireth and hath nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. The soul of the slugger desireth and hath nothing. They, You, know, you ask a lazy person, what do you want in life? And they're like, I'd like to have a nice marriage i 'd like to raise nice kids i 'd like to have a nice house and live, live, live a you know live for the Lord or do whatever they, they have all these things they want but they 're never going to get any of it because they don't have enough drive to actually get out and do it but the soul of the diligent shall be made fat proverbs twenty one look at verse twenty five proverbs twenty one verse twenty five proverbs twenty one verse twenty five the desire of the slothful killeth him you say why here's why there's so many things they want because they stay up late watching all these infomercials about all these things and they want all these things but his notice for his hands refuse to labor the problem with the slothful man is that he he wants things but he doesn't actually have the drive the ambition to get to work to get those things that he wants. proverbs 13 look at verse 12 Proverbs 13, verse 12. Proverbs 13, verse 12 says this, Hope deferred maketh the heart sick. But when desire cometh, it is a tree of life. Hope deferred. You say, I wanted something, but that got deferred. I didn't get it. I can't get it. That maketh the heart sick, the Bible says. That can be discouraging. But see, a lazy person does not have the ambition. They do not have the drive. They do not have the desire to get up and do something. And look, we, we should all have some sort of God-given ambition in your life. Amen. I hope every, every father walked out of here this morning with some ambition to raise some kids for God. Amen. I hope every mother has a, a drive in her that says, I want to raise these children for the Lord and I want to do something great for God. But look, all of us, all of us should have some ambition. But, but let me just say this, especially men. I mean, God gave you this thing called testosterone. You're supposed to want to go out and and hunt something, kill something, conquer something, overcome something, provide and protect. It's what God gave you. Sometimes I look at these young men today and I look at men in general, and I'm looking at a, a 38 year old man who's spending 12 hours a day playing video games, and I'm thinking to myself, what are you doing? Look, when I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. Sometimes you got to wake up. Yeah, that's right. Grow up. That's right. Amen. Go to work. Get something done. Get some drive in you. Get some ambition in you to accomplish something. Not everyone is vision-driven. I understand that. I... I my my wife did a personality thing she wrote this thing about husbands and it puts husbands into different categories and she did it for me and it, it says that i and I think we knew this, but it says that I, I lean towards being a more of a vision-driven person, which, which is a good thing, but it has bad things too, because vision-driven people, they see things and they want to accomplish things, but they, they're also the ones that sometimes you know go broke and uh, you know go bankrupt because they, they're, they're pushing towards some goal that maybe they shouldn't be pushing towards yet, and all those things. But it, it, it was interesting to me because one day. We had this family, they don't come to our church anymore, but we were out to lunch with them and there was this, this man sitting across from me and he's telling me about how he has this business and he's doing this and he's doing that. And I started getting really excited for him. And he's telling me about this business he's starting, he's doing this and that. And, I, and I'm just like, man, that's a great idea. You know, and you could do this and you could do that. And I started giving him all these like marketing ideas and, and, and you could do this and you could provide this service. And I was, him, I was just reading this book about this and that and I'm telling him all these things. And he's just looking at me like, and I just, I just realized, like, none of, none of this is connecting. I think I'm more excited about your business than you are. Well, he ended up being a failure. Because the, 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 the soul of the slugger desire. oh, yeah, I want to start a business. Man, that's exciting. Let's get up early. Let's get a plan going. Let's do this. You can knock these doors. You can send these mail. You can... And they're like, no, no, I don't want to do all that. I just want to start a business. All right, well, go hungry. At some point, you've got to have some drive. At some point, you got to say, I, I want to do something. I want to get something done. I want to accomplish something. Number eight, go to Proverbs 12, verse 24. A lazy person does not get promoted. Like, I'm not trying to hurt your feelings, but if you've been at your job for years and years and years and years, and everybody's getting promoted around you, the guy that doesn't even speak English gets promoted over you, you, you may be lazy. A lazy person does not get promoted. Proverbs 12, verse 24. The hand of the diligent shall bear rule, but the slothful shall be under tribute. You know who gets promoted? Hardworking people. Go back to Genesis 47. Remember, remember Joseph? Everywhere he went, he got promoted. Everywhere he went, he got promoted. They, they made him a slave. He got to work. They put him in charge of the slaves. They put him in prison he got to work they put him in charge of the prison. He started working in the kingdom. They they put him up at the top. The only person more powerful than him was Pharaoh. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Mordecai, Esther, everywhere in the Old Testament you see God's people working in a secular environment. They get promoted. Why? Because we should work as unto the Lord. We should not be lazy. We should work hard. A lazy person does uh, does not get promoted, but hardworking people do. And look, I'm just telling you, if you want to get promoted in your job, stop being lazy. Genesis 47, look at verse 6. It's interesting because here... Uh, Joseph is speaking to Pharaoh. His his family has moved into Egypt. Notice Genesis 47, verse 6. The land of Egypt is before thee in the best of the land. This is Pharaoh speaking to Joseph. He says, In the best of the land, make thy father and brethren to dwell. In the land of Goshen, let them dwell. And then J- Pharaoh who's obviously, I'm not saying, obviously, not, not a saved guy here, maybe even a reprobate, but this guy must have been a hardworking guy. He's the pharaoh of, uh, you know, the leading power of the world at that day, speaking to Joseph, his second in command, and he makes this request. And if thou knowest any, I love these words. You, you gotta, every young man ought to underline these words. If thou knowest any, underline these three words, men of activity. If thou knowest any men of activity among them, then make them rulers over my cattle. He said, he, he said, find me men of activity and put them in charge. Say, what does that mean, men of activities? It means they're proactive. It means they take the initiative. It means they're diligent. They're hard workers. They're busy. They're not sitting around saying, well, I don't know what to do. Tell me what to do. <laughs> you don't promote the guy who always has to be told what to do. Remember point number one? If you have to be supervised all the time, you're lazy. A lazy person does not get promoted. But we as God's people, we should be diligent, and the diligent shall bear rule. Go to Proverbs 24. Proverbs 24. Let me give you point number nine. A lazy person does not take care of things. A lazy person does not care, take care of things. This goes back to the idea that they don't value things that, because they don't work for things. Proverbs 24, look at verse 30. Proverbs 24, 30. Notice what the proverb says. Solomon says, I went by the field of the slothful and by the vineyard of the man void of understanding. And lo, it was all grown over with thorns and nettles had covered the face thereof and the stone wall thereof was broken down. Here, uh, Solomon tells us that he went by the field of the slothful, the lazy man. He went to his house, and he, he, he looked into his backyard, he looked into his field, and he says it was all grown over with thorns, and nettles had covered the face thereof, and the stone wall thereof was broken down. You know a lazy person does not take care of things? Let me, let, let me help some of you single people. And I, I'm not telling you to do this. I mean, I, I would do this, and I'm going to do this for my kids. You know, when my when my uh, boys start dating or my girls start dating, when they're 35, <laughs> you know, one of the things I'm going to do is I'm going to talk to mom and dad of potential suitor, and I'm going to say, "What's the room look like? What's the car look like?" I might, stop, I might show up at their workplace and just kind of look at what, what, what does their desk, desk look like. I'm just telling you, lazy people are dirty people. They're not tidy. they don't take care of things. They, everything around them is a mess. Why? There's only one word for that is laziness. In fact, diligent people oftentimes can't get to work in messy environments. Sometimes they have to clean things around them just to be able to think clearly. But the Bible here says a lazy person does not take care of things. I went by the field of the slothful, by the vineyard of the man void of understanding and lo, It was all grown over with thorns, and nettles had covered the face thereof, and the stone wall thereof was broken down. Sometimes we're driving through poor neighborhoods or ghetto neighborhoods, and unfortunately, it seems like you only see this in the ghetto neighborhoods. It irritates, it frustrates me. I'm driving... Somebody's in front of me, and you just see them throw some piece of trash out the, the window. Some empty cop or some whatever. And, you know, every time that happens, I just think to myself, that's a lazy person. Yeah. They're so lazy, they can't even just take their own trash to a trash can. They, they lack so much discipline that they think that they can just throw trash on the floor. and Someone will pick it up. But by the way, this is why you go down ghetto areas, and they all have trash everywhere. Because a bunch of lazy people live there. Yeah. And you know what? Everybody's house in your neighborhood, and I'm all for living in ghetto places. I live in ghetto places. Let everybody's house look like trash, but you pick up your place. Yeah. Keep your place nice. No, we, don't, we, don't, we don't really have the Taj Mahal here. We don't have church in the nicest part of, uh, of, of the neighborhood, but you know what? Let, let that place look like a mess. Let that place look like a mess. And let mary D. Baptist Church look good. Amen because we work hard around here and we value what we have and we want to take care of it. Don't don't be this person that does not take care of things, that doesn't value things, that just destroys things. And look, I understand we we have things to use them. You can take it to an extreme as well where you want your house to be some museum or something. Look, you, you purchase things, tools to use them, get the use out of them, but also care for them. Don't destroy them. Number 10, go to Proverbs chapter 6, where we started. I said, number one, tonight a lazy person has to be supervised. Number two, a lazy person does not prepare for the future. Number three, a lazy person sleeps a lot. Number four, a lazy person cannot be counted on. Number five, a lazy person is wasteful. Number six, a lazy person always has an excuse. Number seven, a lazy person does not have ambition. Number eight, a lazy person does not get promoted. Number nine, a lazy person does not take care of things. Number 10. A lazy person will be poor. Now, not all poor people are lazy, but all lazy people are poor. Proverbs 6, verse 9. How long wilt thou sleep, O sluggard? When wilt thou arise out of thy sleep? Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. Notice these words. So shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth, and thy want as an armed man. When you're lazy, your, po- your poverty is going to travel with you. They've done studies of these poor people that win the lottery, get millions of dollars, and within years, they're poor again. Broke. Why? Because it's not about the opportunity. It's not about the things you have. It's about your character. Right. Amen. Proverbs 20, look at verse 13. Proverbs 20, verse 13. Proverbs 20, verse 13 says, Love not sleep. Lest thou come to poverty, love not sleep. Lest thou come to poverty, open thine eyes, and thou shalt be satisfied with bread. Proverbs 19, verse 15. Proverbs 19, verse 15. slothfulness casteth into a deep sleep, and an idle soul shall suffer hunger. You know, a lazy person will be poor. A lazy person will not succeed in life. You come down to Verity Baptist Church on a Saturday morning. Come down here around 9 45, 10 a.m. By the grace of God, you'll see this auditorium filled with 100, 100 110, 120 people. And you know what you'll find it filled with? You won't find it filled with the people that have no jobs. You'd think it'd be filled with people that had no jobs and had nothing to do. You'd think they'd want to get out of the house and just go soul winning on a Saturday. But that's not what you'll find. You know what you'll find? If you went through here on a Saturday morning and interviewed some of the men and women that show up for soul winning, you know what you'll find? Men who got up every day and worked 8 hours, 10 hours, 12 hours, Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday, and they showed up for soul winning on Saturday women who were busy about the work of the home all week long, raising their children, and they showed up to soul winning on Saturday. You say, why is that? Because the workers are the ones that work for the Lord. So don't be lazy. Ask yourself. Look at these ten areas and ask yourself, am I lazy? Maybe you're you're not lazy in all these areas, but you're lazy in some of these things. You ought to get to work on that. Maybe your kids are are struggling with some of these things. You ought to get to work on that. We ought to be working people because it is the working people that God chooses to do the work of the Lord. Let's bow our heads and have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for the Bible. Thank you for these passages on laziness. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to not be undisciplined people. Help us to be people who live disciplined lives. Help us to work hard, not be lazy. And Lord, in the areas where we're lazy, in the areas where we are struggling, I pray you'd help us to get to work on that, to break those habits and to begin to make them better. And Lord, I do thank you for a church filled with working men and women. I, I, I think it can truly be said, a Verity Baptist Church, this is a working church. And Lord, we thank you for it. In the matchless name of Christ we pray, amen.